Hello and welcome to the Empowered Hormone Podcast, where we pull apart all those taboo topics, periods, parasites, poos, hormones and more. Let's question everything you've been taught about your body. I'm your host, Sheridan Decker, a gin-loving gut health nerd passionate about debunking myths on birth control, period pain and IBS. If you struggle with bloating or your period is less than pretty, then join me as we chat about everything relating to gut and hormone health. So this week I have something special for you guys on the Empowered Hormones podcast. I actually did a interview with Sarah. So Sarah, I'm going to say her second name wrong because I always do that for everyone. Sarah Rastbatch, <laughs> she is on a mission to support as many women as possible to change their relationship with alcohol. So she actually specializes in what we call gray area drinking. Um, so Sarah helps women reconnect to themselves and create a happier, healthier life. So she's classed as a gray area drinking coach. Um, she also is a motivational speaker, a passionate ambassador for helping women live a healthier life. So she quit booze in April 2019 and has never really looked back, has had so many amazing um, benefits and changes to her life since doing that. So now she supports women I guess change that relationship to alcohol and at some point I'm really excited to get her come on the podcast but for now I want you to have a listen to the interview I did with her so well sorry she interviewed me um for her women's Facebook group which she's got um a really great one let me find the name of it women's wellness collective is i think the one yes it's the women's well-being collective um and she also has one just for perth ladies called the perth sober socials um so if you're in perth and you like to socialize each month um, without booze then it's a really welcoming supportive fun group so she's got both of those she was amazing to chat to um i had so many women reach out after the call just because we talked about the influence of alcohol on gut health and women who are doing the right things say you know quitting alcohol or reducing their alcohol intake changing their diet and they're still really really frustrated um and still aren't getting the answers that they need for their health um and they're still not seeing i guess the significant changes, you know, when you feel like you're doing all the things, but you're not seeing the results of it, right? So if you're exercising and you're reducing your alcohol and you're cleaning up your diet, but you're still bloated and tired and fatigued, then this is going to be a really good chat for you to listen to because you'll understand how a alcohol affects the gut, but also how sometimes when you feel like you're doing it all, there is so much more to the picture. So enjoy and let me know how you go with this episode. Um, and let me just stream us into um, the group. Sorry, it doesn't seem to be wanting to do it right now. It's always the way. Yeah. Always great when it works. Oh, here we go. It looks like it's thinking about it now. There we go. Are you going to the um we were meant to be coming down your way this weekend for the um Vance Joy concert? 
Oh, yeah, I've got friends going. They are super excited. Um, I didn't hear about it till a couple of days ago because I've been in and out and around. But, they're, yeah, they're going somewhere. Oh, it's at Three Oceans, I think. It is, yeah. We were meant to be going in them and I had tickets and my son had an operation last week and he's on crutches. And I was taking him to his first ever concert. And then I was like, mm, I don't know, being on crutches at a winery, drunk people, all the rest yeah. of it, it might not go down too well. Yeah, way too many things to juggle there. Yeah, and he's just getting used to the crutches, so it's still um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. new. Um, so welcome to you, Sheridan, uh, and welcome to the ladies that are watching us live. I'll just get the group up on my phone so that I can make sure that I can see um, any questions that come through. But I'm super excited to have you here because we're going to talk about a topic that I'm really passionate about, don't know enough about, and always love talking to, to people that work in your industry in the area that you are because it's so closely correlated with the work that I do. So do you want to start by introducing yourself and sharing a little bit with the ladies about your background, what you do, and then we can come on to some questions that I've got specifically for you. Yeah, sure. So I'm Sheridan. For those who don't know me, I run my own business. I specialize in women's gut and hormone health. So basically, um, I came into this industry and field because I grew up down south in Albany, as I was just saying. So super healthy upbringing, outdoor recreation, healthy kid. When I hit 18, I um, went overseas to Bali. I picked up parasites. I picked up a lot of gut infections I didn't realize it at the time and I lost my periods for seven years I yeah struggled with daily like constipation bloating loose stools went through the whole sort of medical approach of looking for you know um, immune dysfunction and leukemia and they wondered about you know um, what was going on with my digestive system but no one could give me any clear-cut answers and they were kind of like well you've got to go on the birth control pill because you don't have periods and you've just got quote unquote IBS and this is for someone who exercised regularly. I didn't drink a lot. I was super healthy. So I was kind of ticking all the boxes. I was studying sports science at Notre Dame University. So that was my passion. Um, and I just had this daily fatigue. I'd be lucky if I had one bowel movement a week. Obviously, like I said, I didn't have the periods. I got really severe acne. I got all these symptoms. And we didn't know. No one could tell me what was going on. So you spend hundreds on different specialists and GPs and blood testing and naturopaths and it wasn't till I came across functional diagnostic nutrition that I actually got some answers so I finished my sports science degree I moved to Queensland I did my master's in nutrition and started my business primarily working with health and nutrition and then I realized how many women are like me who had doing all the right things and still had all these issues so you know whether it was thyroid stuff or gut stuff or hormone stuff and they're like I'm just not getting answers beyond medication so that's when I, yeah, tried to look further, came across FDN, so ended up studying in that as well. Um, I was doing personal training, so I did my Cert 3 and 4 in fitness and was lecturing in that as well, so I did my TAE, so I was kind of teaching and working on that side of things, and then I was running my business part-time on the other side. So 
when I came across FDN, I got into stool testing, so comprehensive stool testing, comprehensive hormone testing, thyroid testing, beyond blood testing, SIBO breath testing. So all these things. And then I got answers like my adrenals were burnt out. I was menopausal. I had so many gut infections as SIBO and candida and parasites and all these bacterial overgrowth. So for me, it was really... I guess affirming because for the first time I felt like I had answers for the stuff I was struggling with. Um, so yeah, that was really, really rewarding. So then I was like, this is my thing. This is what I'm going to do. Um, yeah, started my business and started doing the the functional testing side of stuff. And now I'm a couple of years on. I have my podcast, Empowered Hormones with Sheridan, which is just awesome. I love doing that. I love speaking to people and just I'm really passionate about the educating and empowering side of things because I feel like there's so many women who just don't know. It's not that they don't care. It's not that they're not trying. It's not that they haven't spent the money. It's just that they don't know where to go next. So between the podcast and then my root cause program where I work with women one-on-one to do that testing and get those answers, I feel like I've really seen a lot of shifts in women, just like I saw shifts in my health by treating parasites and bacteria and SIBO and having regular periods again and all these things that I was like ah that's what's going on so that's sort of what I do now what I'm really really passionate about and just I guess getting deeper like my thing is helping women who have tried it all or who are doing all the things and not getting any further ahead like if if you come to me and you know you don't exercise and you don't eat vegetables and you don't eat fruit and you just you know that side of things then I go hey I'm not the right person for you because I think you just need to nail the basics first but if you're already trying and you're not getting anywhere that's when I go the medical system is letting us down because although they help us stay alive and it's really good we need antibiotics and we do need these things but we prescribe too quickly and then we're having these issues with the gut microbiome and as I've learned the gut is the key so I always think of that pyramid the gut is at like the bottom of that pyramid and it's key to every other function in the body your liver detoxing your hormones your thyroid your adrenal glands your sex hormones everything comes down to that gut all those anxiety depression neurotransmitters everything is tied into gut health so if that's not happy the rest is not going to be happy and that's sort of yeah my thing now is to really push that across to people Love it. I absolutely love that for so many reasons. But I think the main one being that we're very aligned in that it's about empowering people and giving them information so that they can then use that information to improve their health. Right. And that's, um, you know, I do that from the alcohol perspective and, and you're then doing that from that functional medicine perspective. And maybe for the ladies that haven't heard the term FDM before, can you just explain what the difference is between what you do versus what a GP might do? Yeah, for sure. So functional diagnostic nutrition is, I guess, a term that we use for those who run the functional testing. So when you go to your GP and a lot of women are classically, I spoke to a lady today, she said, no, I've done all the testing. And I was like, yeah, but through who? So I'll through my GP. I'm like, okay, your GP will run a stool test that will look for about three or four parasites and maybe three or four bacteria. I'm running a stool test that's looking at 20 or 30 different bacterias, you know, 10 different parasites, digestive enzymes, leaky gut, inflammation markers. So all those 
root cause things that are giving you the symptoms or giving you quote unquote IBS because IBS itself isn't a symptom. It's 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 a collection of symptoms. So it's not a disease, it's not a diagnosis, it's just a collection of what's going on in the body. So I run testing that really digs deep. And I'm saying like your blood testing is really good, but you need to look at it from a functional perspective and look at functional ranges and also get all the markers because the amount of women who go to a GP and go, oh, I had my thyroid tested and they just got TSH, not T3, T4, reverse T3 is is so common. So I really specialize in that, the thyroid stuff, the stool tap, the SIBO breath testing, and then the Dutch comprehensive hormone testing, which is just one of the most phenomenal tests that are out there. And if you haven't heard of it, you can Google it and have a look or have podcast episodes on it because it's these tests are game changing and will just give you, yes, yeah, so much insight into your body. I did um, a DNA test. I don't think it was the Dutch. Um, I didn't do the hormone side. For me, it was more, so I, from that, I was able to take away what supplements I needed, where my, what genes, um, so I actually have a snip on some of the genes that um, allow me to produce vitamin D. So I know I'm always going to have to take a vitamin D supplement. I actually am missing a gene that supports detoxification. So I'm always going to need something that's going to help me with detoxing for my liver. And so again, it helps me to know why alcohol was so bloody awful for me and for my liver pathways. And when I went to my um, naturopath and I said to, he did a test, I was having terribly heavy periods, like really, really heavy. And he said, right, we need to do a hormone test. So he got me to do the saliva one and we sent it off and it came back and he said, your estrogen is so high, it's off the chart. You need to stop drinking. But I was like, but what do you mean? What does alcohol have to do with estrogen being high? Like we we don't understand how much everything we do impacts so many different parts of our body. We just think of alcohol as being the liver, but it's so much more than that, right? Oh, so much more. And what happens in the liver, and so in a Dutch sample, you can see phase one of the liver and phase two of the liver, right? And in that phase one pathway, things like caffeine things like alcohol um things like not eating enough cruciferous vegetables things like not eating enough protein not getting enough minerals they all stuff up that phase one and then that phase two needs things like your b vitamins and your magnesium and stuff to work which we know that you know a poor diet is very deficient in so then you can't clear estrogen so estrogen gets produced by adrenals and ovaries then we need to get it through phase one, phase two of the liver, and then you need your gut microbiome to poop it out of the body. So if your liver is not happy, because say, you know, if your body's so busy mopping up all the toxins from alcohol, then it's just not going to get to clearing the other things. You know, it's like having a sink full of dishes. If you're constantly doing the dishes, you're never going to get to sweeping the floor. So your body's so busy doing all this other stuff, poor diet and stress and and environmental toxins and medications and supplements, all that stuff, it doesn't get to detoxing the estrogen. So then the estrogen gets reabsorbed through your colon and through your whole body. And then you get the heavy periods, the PMS, the breast tenderness, the mood swings, the fibroids, the endo, all that stuff just from, you know, not supporting gut microbiome for one thing and the liver from the other aspect. So interesting. And and I think it's really important at this point to probably mention as well that that is where the link to breast cancer comes in with regards to alcohol, because if the liver is so busy processing alcohol, 
estrogen is building up and that's when you have the hormone related breast cancer that's where the link comes yeah and you can actually see that in the dutch test so you can see the 2oh pathway the 16oh which is more your fibroids your endo your heavy painful periods and then you have um the what is that 4oh 2oh the 4oh pathway which is linked to to your breast cancer type stuff so then you see that and you see that elevated on someone and you're like right okay you need to make some serious changes because we need to get this estrogen out of the body. Yeah. And it was really useful when I did my DNA because she was able to look at it and say, my body does not favor that pathway. So I know that while I'm certainly not risk free from breast cancer at all, I know it's not a pathway that my body um, will naturally go towards. Um, but it was interesting for me because I was able to see that my body really likes um, sweat. It really likes to use the, that pathway. So I've got an infrared sauna. And, and I've noticed huge benefits from doing that as well. So when we've got that Dutch test, so I'm so glad that you do it because ladies, if you want to do this, please reach out to Sheridan because it's you can't argue with the facts about your body. And when you have this information about your body, then you can work with your body instead of trying all these billions of different things. And it's just luck, right, as to what's going to work. Yeah, exactly. And so many women, like you see a supplement and it'll be like detoxes estrogen. And I'm like, yeah, but is that working on phase one? Is that working on phase two? Like not everybody needs DIM or, you know, yeah. or these different supplements, which we think we need. And for some, they work amazing and you've lucked out and others you're going, well, why did that work for her and not for me? And like, because every pathway works differently. Yeah. And then same with that gut microbiome, like your liver and hormones could be fine. But if you're not having a bowel movement every day, you know if you're getting bloating if you're getting constipation or if you're having lots of loose stools then like well your body's also one it's in this stressy state because its bowels aren't happy and two everything's sitting inside you you're reabsorbing the toxins you're reabsorbing your hormones and you're not just not clearing things out effectively and, and regardless of, of cancer risks and everything like that side, you're just going to feel like shit, right? Because yes. you've just got so many oh. toxins in you. Yeah, yeah. And the amount of women who go, oh, I just feel lighter and I feel more motivated and I want to exercise and I just you actually eat more and you eat better when you're having these regular bowel movements because so many women I see are under eating because they're scared of putting on weight or they're scared of carbohydrates and that's impacting their thyroid. And it's this flow on effect, whereas the reality is you probably need to eat more. You just also need to be able to clear these things properly and have these regular bowel movements to actually make you feel good. Yeah, absolutely. So let's talk about alcohol and let's talk about the impact that alcohol has primarily on gut health then. Do you want to give the ladies a little bit of information around that? Yeah, I guess the biggest thing really when it comes to gut health is that impact on the gut microbiome. So when you're thinking about a gut lining, you have all these cells that sit shoulder to shoulder in your gut. Now, when you have an increase of toxins, so alcohol, um, medications, poor quality diet, you impact the good gut flora that sit on top of those cells, okay? So you should have your intestine, you should have good gut flora, nice mucus barrier, cells and then your blood lining down here now if you're impacting these good gut flora at the top then things start to damage the cells and hit the cells the cells then become leaky they then separate now when we get this separation of cells which you know is leaky gut food toxins medication particles get through into your bloodstream 
your body then sets up an immune response because it goes, hey, this alcohol shouldn't be in my bloodstream or these food particles shouldn't be in there. You set off this immune response and you put yourself at risk for autoimmune conditions. So by ensuring the integrity of that gut lining, by ensuring that you have a good layer of good gut flora there, you can protect yourself from obviously these inflammatory conditions. When women come to me, some go, oh, just systemically, I feel swollen or inflamed or my joints hurt or those kinds of things. I'm thinking, well, yeah, okay, there might be something specific in the joints, but generally there's this gut impairment and this systemic inflammation going around from one, loss of good gut flora, and two, when we lose good gut flora, so imagine a garden and all the good herbs die, the weeds take over, okay, because there's no competition anymore. So as soon as you damage that layer, there's no competition, your candida embeds, so your yeast embeds, which feeds off cements like alcohol, like wine and beer and things, they grow your Klebsiella or your Clostridia or these other bacteria can then overgrow as well. And you start to get all these digestive symptoms. On top of that, those bacteria release what are called LPS, so liposaturides, and these are toxins that go into your bloodstream, which your body then also needs to process and get rid of. So you're feeling inflamed all around. You've got low diversity. You're getting an overgrowth of bad bacteria and you've damaged that, that cell mucosal lining. So when you're trying to correct that, the first thing you need to do is pull out the triggers because I can go in there with you and go, okay, let's take some good prebiotics and probiotics and sort out your diet and rebalance that garden. But if you have a continual stressor on that gut while you're trying to do those things, it's really hard for your body. So removing things and for some people short term that's gluten some that's dairy some that's alcohol okay because that is a toxin you're trying to re remove out the body so some things are short term like i'm definitely not one about restrictive diets but when you have a toxin like alcohol then i go that's different to removing something like gluten and dairy because gluten in itself is not a bad thing. It's not a toxin. It's just something that's really hard to digest. So when you've got an inflamed gut, that's really, really hard work. So when someone's in a healing crisis, there's definitely these periods of time where you go, okay, different foods need to go. Let's heal that gut lining. Let's feed that bacteria and let's rebuild the integrity of that gut so that, you know, you remove that inflammation, you start to digest your food better, you absorb your nutrients. And then you obviously feel so much better as well. So I'm curious to know what are the most common symptoms that people come to you with? Because I'm guessing the, the most frustrating thing in your job must be that people come to you at the end, right? They, they come to you at the end having gone, I've tried this, I've tried this, I've tried this. And then someone will say, oh, have you heard of Sheridan Decker? You should go and see her. She helped me. And then they're like, oh, right, okay. So they find you, but by this point, you must be so frustrated that people don't find you earlier. So I'm curious to know oh. what the most symptoms are. And then I'm curious to know what the greatest benefits are that people get when they've sorted out their gut health. Yeah, yeah. So from a gut point of view, bloating is like number one. Tell me someone who's not bloated and I'll be surprised, right? So bloating, 
fatigue because when your body's fighting something generally you're fatigued as well when you're not digesting or absorbing your nutrients you're tired um, and then constipation loose stools so that the either the alternation like the classic IBS like irritable bowel syndrome or just one or the other so they're the most common around gut health stuff but then you know like smelly gas or you know that real waking up super bloated or um, burping reflux are really common as well and then from that hormonal flow and effect from that then you're seeing the heavy painful periods are really common skin issues so acne psoriasis dermatitis eczema really really commonly and really commonly linked to SIBO or gut issues everyone who has them basically I make them run a stool test um so that side of things yeah the period the heaviness and then being deficient in nutrients and stuff so it becomes this flow and effect but usually the the thing that makes them reach out for help is the fact that I'm so bloated I'm uncomfortable in my food like in my clothes I can't eat properly I'm putting on weight and I don't know why because I'm doing the right things and then that fatigue like just going I'm just so tired all the time yeah and and that's what I hear quite a lot and so what happens for me I find is with lots of my clients they remove alcohol which is a brilliant thing to do when we've been using alcohol dysfunctionally it's causing anxiety you know there are loads of things that happen but that's not always the answer for some people it is but for others, there's so many underlying health issues and they're kind of like, why don't I feel amazing straight away? I've removed this toxin. Now, I haven't drank for three and a half years and I recently did a complete removal of sugar and processed foods. And just from doing that, all my perimenopause symptoms disappeared. I was about to go on HRT. They had got so bad. And from a month of no sugar and no processed food, my sore boobs disappeared, my night sweats disappeared, my sleep was improved, the hot sweats, like everything. And that was just from removing processed food. So I only ate real food. I only ate it if it was something that I cooked from scratch and it came raw. What a difference. Yeah. And it's amazing. And I love that for you, Sarah, because I do see that for some people that all they have to do is clean up their diet and they're like, wow, I see all these difference. And then other times you get women who clean up their diet and they still feel exactly the yeah. same. And that's so frustrating. So it's so hard to know, which is why I always recommend do try stuff first, like pull out gluten for a month or alcohol or caffeine or sugar and dairy and give your gut a bit of a break. But if you've tried that, then go, well, okay, I don't, I still then don't need to jump on medication. Like with reflux, for example, and people you remove spicy foods and still have reflux. I'm like, yeah, because you've got low stomach acid. Yeah. So it's, it's so hard to know. There's so much misinformation out there. There is, there is. And I've got a few ladies who have removed the alcohol, felt better for it, but it yeah. certainly hasn't fixed everything. And then they've gone on to see a naturopath or a functional medicine doctor and really got to the heart of things like candida, which are really common, right? But so rarely talked about. Like I always thought candida was like thrush. And, yeah. and so therefore never to be talked about openly and never to be like mentioned that you might have it. And so, so just keep quiet about it and get on with it. But it's so much more than that, right? Oh, so much more. And so many women who are showing up with candida or yeast on their stool test don't even have thrush, which right. is yeah. 
Yeah, it's so interesting. And then so many women who think they have thrush are going and doing swabs and actually don't have thrush either. They've got bacterial vaginosis. So the symptoms can be so, and I think that's why we get so confused because the first thing we do is Google it, which I do the same. I'm like, why is this not happening? You know, we Google something and then we go, oh, it, it must be that. And, you know, thrush is a prime one. You go and you take through pessaries and you take some cream and whatever, and then it reoccurs the next month or it doesn't go away. And you're like, well, I guess i got to do that again. And, you know, so it's sort of digging deeper into these things is, like you said, it is so important, but so not talked about, and especially with alcohol, with the fermentable stuff. I feel like that's a big trigger for bloating. It's a big one for SIBO, so small intestinal bacteria overgrowth, and it is a big one for candida. So what's SIBO then? How does that show up? So you've got your small intestine and your large intestine, and basically your small intestine should be sterile. So that should not have a lot of bacteria in it. Your large intestine has the bacteria. Now, when the large intestine bacteria overgrows, so so many reasons can cause that constipation, um, ingesting, a lot of food poisoning will cause SIBO. So you've ingested bacteria you shouldn't have um poor motility a lot of gas and the bacteria goes from the large intestine back up into the small intestine and overgrows there so you're then doing a breath test where you drink lactulose which is sugar you're breathing into these little tubes every 20 minutes for two hours and you're getting a hydrogen or a methane gas reading so what that means is you've fed bacteria bacteria ferment the sugar and that produces gas and I'm trying to identify what gas so that I know how to treat that bacteria because one type will give you constipation one type will give you loose stools one type needs garlic and allicillin one type needs um, berberine and different herbs so we treat them differently but the most common symptoms for a small intestinal overgrowth is like pregnancy type bloating waking up bloating, burping, reflux, really smelly gas, that hydrogen sulfide smelly gas, they are your big ones and your most high risk is people with IBS. 90, 90, 95% of IBS is SIBO. So it's actually a small intestinal bacteria overgrowth. It is not just you have constipation, loose stools. Like that is generally the cause of it. My mum's in the UK and she's in her 70s and she's been having all these problems with her gut health and, um, and bowel movements for years. And all they do is say to her, it's IBS. But it's yeah. like, well, what does that even mean? What do you do yeah. with that? And I'm going to yeah. get her to go and see a functional medicine doctor because she needs to see someone and just oh, get to the bottom definitely. of it. Yeah, get some stool testing and breath testing done. Yeah. And so just quickly, if we can touch on the the hormone side of things, because again, this really interests me from that perspective of you go to the GP and you get the, oh, it's normal. And then you go and see someone like you and you're like, well, it's not really normal. It's, It's just on the edge of being like too high or too low or whatever. And that is the difference. I remember seeing my naturopath and he said, well, you don't have type two diabetes, but you're pre diabetic. Yeah. And my GP went, oh, yeah, you're in the normal range. Yeah. Same with thyroid. How often do they say you're not quite like Hashimoto's or hypothyroid yet? So just wait. And when it gets to that level, then we'll put you on medication. It's like, well, what do I do between now and then? I just wait with 
hair loss and fatigue and constipation and not being able to lose weight until my thyroid completely cooks it and then you're going to help me like how does that help? Yeah, the normal range is different to the functional range. But the other thing is that you're looking for co-founding factors, like obviously your full thyroid panel, but then selenium, iron, iodine, zinc, like looking at all of those around the thyroid, again, not just here's TSH and off you go. So again, you're doing that whole hormonal panel, but then you're also going, okay, but what about you know, we call minerals the spark plugs of the body. If you are deficient in your minerals, you're going to have issues with your thyroid. You're going to have issues with your hormones. You're going to have issues with your adrenal glands. So it's it's testing the big range, but then it's also looking at those levels and going, hey, we're going to catch this. We're going to support your thyroid before it goes into full bloom, bloom like autoimmune condition. Yeah, Absolutely. I listened to something the other day that said that women, that people who have autoimmune disease, um, it's 80% women. And I'm and the podcast I was listening to, they were specifically talking about it being related to stress. Mm. And I'm curious to know, in your experience, how much of that is physical and how much of that is stress? And does stress cause these physical symptoms? And how is that related to gut health? Yeah, all of it. So I think of it as there's obviously external stresses. So family, finances, work, day to day, those things impacting the body, telling because our bodies are designed to deal with um, stress that comes and goes. We're not designed to deal with constant pressure. And that's where the issue comes because your body's constantly going, we're under stress, we're under stress, produce more cortisol, produce more cortisol. So your body's dealing with those external things, but then it's also dealing with the internal stuff. So if you're an allergic to a food, if you've got, let's just say, candida, for example, your body's trying to produce more cortisol to downplay the inflammation to fight these bugs. So then it's in that internal stress state and it's in an external stress state, which is obviously, you know, affecting your adrenal glands. And as soon as we affect your adrenal glands, you affect DHEA and hormone production. So progesterone usually tanks, um, adrenal, so your cortisol goes through the roof. If that happens for too long, it then cuts off its supply of cortisol and goes, you know what, I'm not doing this anymore. And we get adrenal fatigue and we feel really tired. We have less testosterone. So we lose our sex drive. We lose our motivation. We can't build muscle. You know, we have low energy. So that side of things happens, but then our body tries to compensate with the low cortisol by trying to push out more estrogen to, to give us energy, you know, because it's like shivers, something's going wrong and our blood sugars are in balance because we're not eating proper meals and we're drinking too much alcohol or too much caffeine. So you have more cortisol. No, I'm not going to do more cortisol because that's not good. I'm going to do more estrogen. So it's just... Uh, and then you get PMSy, and it just it, it just comes one hot mess, really. It's so interlinked, isn't it? And and the thing is that no wonder women turn to alcohol because it's yeah. a super quick fix. <laughs> it's sugar. When you're not releasing enough progesterone, you're and you're feeling more stressed. Alcohol gives you that instant GABA surge of just going ah. Oh. And yeah. while it's really detrimental long term, in the short term, our brain goes drink alcohol because last time you did that it made you feel better so let's just yeah. keep doing the thing that gives you the short-term gain and worry about the long term later and so it makes sense right 
caffeine's the same. The amount of women who I chuck on decaf for a little while to be like, you know what, just get off that and just deal with what you're dealing through first. And then we can reintroduce caffeine when your body can handle it. And now the same, they're like, oh, actually I don't crash in the afternoons anymore. Like I have a more steady energy state and then they can, they can add a bit of caffeine back in, but long-term I'm like, yeah, your body's just gets addicted to those little uppers. Yeah, absolutely. And and the thing that I think is, is most surprising whenever I've taken a break from caffeine, I've had more energy than than when I'm drinking regular caffeine. So But it just doesn't. Yeah, it's astonishing, isn't it? So in terms of for anyone listening, that is, I'm sure that a lot of my ladies are going to be like, pick me, pick me. I want to come and see you and get my test done and, and find out. Like, because ladies, I just think if you can afford it, it's it's worth its weight in gold to do something like the Dutch test and to know your body and to know because we all spend hundreds and thousands of dollars on programs and diets and quick fixes and supplements that we don't know whether they work for our body. And what you're doing is the actual specific tests for someone's body to be able to go, this is what you need. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a game changer for sure. I always say to women, definitely prioritize getting that testing done and tests don't guess when it comes to your health. Well, exactly, exactly. You can't argue with the facts, right? And that's what I think is always so important. I'm sorry, I'm just checking to see if there's any questions coming through. And um, and the other question I was going to ask was how much do, do you see that the fluctuation in hormones then in that perimenopause years just adds a whole other host of problems to already compromised systems if we're not eating well or, and we're drinking too much and everything else? Oh, yeah, 100%. Like, especially as you, you know, as you head towards perimenopause and your body's producing less progesterone, so you've already got that factor coming into play. So your mood's already a bit all over the place. And then, yeah, if you're relying on these uppers or these stimulants or, you know, you're not eating that well when your gut health is a bit all over the place, then you're just going to notice you're not producing as much dopamine or serotonin and you're just going to feel, yeah, way less than average for sure. Yeah. And that's the other thing that's important to note here, ladies, is that nearly all of these neurotransmitters are made in the gut. I think I read that 80 percent or something of serotonin is made in the gut. So if we've got poor gut health, we don't stand a chance of feeling good up here because that's where it's made. We'll tell you that as well. It'll tell you what's going on with those neurotransmitters. And straight away I can go, oh, there must be a gut issue because your neurotransmitters are tanked. Yeah. Yeah. And again, that's another reason why so many of my ladies drink because they're not feeling good. Like alcohol gives a super quick dopamine hit. It gives a super quick serotonin surge. You go up and then you come crashing down. Then you feel worse. And then you reach for another drink just to get rid of the feelings that the alcohol caused in the first place. It's such a vicious circle. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, so what top tips would you give now then for kind of ladies that are looking maybe they can't come and see you this side of Christmas but they're wanting to find some ways to start to feel better to energize themselves they're all removing alcohol um, and have done that already they're on this path but if they're not feeling as good as they want to what would be the top tips I always say the more information you can have about your body and you can bring to a practitioner like myself or someone similar is the best so tracking your food whether that's um actually like using a tracking app or whether you're just writing down a food journal or using something like the monash university app which will tell you a lot of different trigger foods in it as well so 
tracking food's really good because it'll just give you an idea of, you know, like, oh, I had onions and garlic and I got really bloated, which is super common, by the way. So you can start to figure out these patterns. Tracking your period and your symptoms on your period tracker app is super helpful because sometimes you think you're getting constipated because of the food you're eating and it's actually just happening around ovulation. Um, same with the, those mood dips and swings. So yeah, getting as much data about your body as possible is really helpful. Eating a diverse diet, obviously. So different fruits and veggies, bacteria love diversity. So the more diversity you can have, the better. Um, and probably the big one is eating enough protein because most women I see overeating fat under eating protein. If you want your liver to be happy and detox all the things you're putting through it, if you you know want to lose weight or don't want to overeat or want to have more energy or balance blood sugars or build muscle mass, all of that, you need to be eating enough protein in your diet. That's just key. And that's been the game changer for me. Like I now just have changed my breakfast completely and I will never eat cereal or toast for breakfast again because what a difference I've noticed in my energy levels and my mood from having like an omelet or eggs or I mean gosh sometimes I have leftovers for breakfast who thought that you could have chicken curry for breakfast but it's actually quite nice it's so good it's a game changer I love savory breakfasts Perfect. So listen, if anyone wants to reach out to you, and I will, ladies, share um, Sheridan's details as well. Is it best to email you? Is it best to send an inquiry through your website? What's the best thing? Um, email's fine, which is just share, uh, hello at sheridandecker.com. Otherwise, you can jump on my website, which is sheridandecker.com. So just note the spelling of my name because yeah. it's a bit different than normal. Um, I do hang out a lot on Instagram and I'm really active there. So if you ever want to flick me a message on Instagram, you're probably going to get the quickest reply. So that's just Sheridan um, underscore functional nutrition. Otherwise, I pop out a lot of great content on my podcast. So Empowered Hormones with Sheridan Decker. Anything I've chatted about today will be covered on the podcast um, and you'll be able to find really good ones on hormones, Dutch testing. If you thought like, oh, that sounds like me, go listen to it and just have it start to get an understanding and same with stool testing because all of those will be really helpful for you. Yeah. Oh, I should come onto the podcast and do a chat with you on grey area drinking. We should do yes, that. Yes. Yes, actually. I would love that. That would be amazing. Yeah, let's do it. Listen, thank you so much. Um, ladies, I'll share Sheridan's details. Um, I'm going to be reaching out to you as well because there's a couple of things that I want to get tested. So I'll um, watch this space. I'll be in touch. Thank you for your time. Um, and so, so good to connect with you. Thank you so much, Sarah. My pleasure. Take care. Bye. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Empowered Hormone Podcast. If you know a female who needs some empowerment, please forward, repost, tag or share and let's get women talking.